0: far and has gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the
1: 27th time.
0: Home plate for all things
2: Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds
1: podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome into the Nosebleeds podcast on WFUV Sports. I'm Ryan Gregoire, joined with two of my close friends, two Red Sox fans as well in Jack Roach and Thomas Quigley. Guys, we have a lot to talk about about those Yankees and the Red Sox as well. You know, they just finished up their last series of the year at Fenway. Very good for the Yankees. But before we get into all three games, we're going to break them down. I just want to know, I'm friends with you guys, I care very deeply about your emotional state. How are you guys doing post this series and overall in this week?
0: Not too hot. Not too hot. I mean, I was with uh, Tom the other day watching the Patriots. 0 oh, for 1. Then the Red Sox get swept. 0 oh, for 2. It's just, it's not, it's not going too hot. That's all I have to say. I just want to mention on air, it's a load of crap that just came out of Ryan Gregory's
2: mouth. He just said that he cares about our well being. <laughs> guy texted me dirty water like 15 times this weekend maybe, maybe he said it in person 15 times in a row and and I just thought that he had texted me 15 times um, obviously I'm not doing well now all of my teams are sucking right now um at, at really bad times
1: yeah I think my re- my reaction time to after the final out and texting you is like 0.001 seconds mm. I had it queued up I had yeah, to get it ready to go.
2: We did. I'm sure you didn't want to send it too early, too, because –
1: Oh, it would have came – yeah. Oh, I mean – I was thinking about
2: sending you a text being like, oh, there you are. Again. Nope. So, Carlo had to uh, – whatever. We're going to get into it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so, let's start off in game one because I think game three, obviously, fresh on our mind, a lot of crazy stuff happened. But we should unpack the first game, first two specifically. And game one was an ace off it, at least. It was supposed to be. Um, you know, maybe Chris Sale is the ace. But this year, Nate Evaldi has been – Outstanding all year, so he's like, you know, whatever. I said ace off. You could argue that if you want. But this is one. I think the Red Sox came in winning seven straight. Um, Yankees coming off a sweep of the Rangers. But before that, I've been playing terrible baseball. So you look at this. The Red Sox clearly, I think they were up two games for that first wild card. They had a chance to bury the Yankees, start off hot, beat Garrett Cole, the ace, who gave up seven runs his last time out. But instead, it was Nate Evaldi giving up seven runs. He gets chased two-plus Innings into this one, Giancarlo Stanton got it going with a three-run shot, and the Yankees never really looked back. Uh, Devers hit a three-run shot off Cole, made an interesting 7-3. Yankees did kind of get one more run, weather the storm. Bullpen was shut out, but Yankees took game one, and it ended up, as we know, setting the tone for the series.
0: Yeah, I mean, assuming that, you know, there is a wild card game for the Red Sox, I think that there was – talk of, of Nate Evaldi being the guy. And I think that he might still be the guy in, you know, that one game wild card playoff game. But, you know, you see him in one of the biggest starts of the season, not even getting through three innings and giving up seven runs. That's really tough, especially when Derek Cole, who obviously is going to be the guy for the Yankees, with you know the exception of that pitch to Rafael Devers was really, really, really good in Fenware, where, you know, he hasn't always been great. So um, you know, if this is a preview of what's to come, uh, that's, that's not looking too good for me.
2: I think we should all just, you know, not take too much out of one star. It's Nate Aldi, and obviously he had a very tough go of it Friday night. No one's arguing that. Seven runs in, uh, in two innings of, of pitching is, is just not at all what you want your guy that, you know, you're thinking might be your wild card starter at home to do against a team that you very well, might face in that game so on that level it is definitely concerning but I, I don't want to take too much out of one start because throughout the season he has been on basically un, like unhittable at home not unhittable but he's been lights out there's no other pitcher on the Red Sox who has as good a home record as he has and I don't know One once bad start at Fenway shouldn't necessarily be an indictment on his entire season, or on you know the the ability that he has to potentially earn that start at home if we even get it now. Who knows? Um, but if you if you'd like to recall, uh, Garrett Cole had a few bad starts. Maybe, maybe it's just that one Sunday afternoon start at Fenway in which he looked absolutely terrible. That was right after they changed the the uh, sticky stuff rule regulations. I did um,
0: that game. It was. was-
2: Roach was there. You saw firsthand. He did not look so hot that game. He looked pretty <laughs> hot Friday night. So these things can change. One start can be different. I know uh, he's, he's had a much hotter second half of the season. Cole has. And Ebaldi has kind of just been consistently good at home except for this past start. I still think I would rather have Chris Sale on the mound in the wild card spot. And honestly, it's mostly just because we know that he's not vaccinated and they're probably going to I don't know. For, for the postseason, it's going to be tough, um, with, with, especially if there's a COVID situation. And you want to kind of just use him while you can't. Because if he is exposed to anyone who, who tests positive, he's the unvaccinated guy. So he's going to have to also sit out as long as, you know, anybody else. So, honestly, just use him while you can. Because he's a stud. He's our ace. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the go-to guy. He, he, he won us the World Series 2018. He went out and pitched the last inning. And uh, he's our guy. It's
0: can interesting.
1: I add now? Is well, that all right, Greg? Where can
0: I add something real absolutely. quick? Absolutely, Tom. How much does it concern you that he didn't have a single strikeout? That, that scares me a lot. He doesn't have a single strikeout with
2: the with the state of the Red Sox defense right now because they seem to just make every flub up that they can right now. Um By Dahlbeck at first worries me um, <laughs> in that sense, but no that doesn't worry me too much because we know that he, you know, he 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 strikes out you know he has done it all season you know he's not a guy who who for more more so than like any other pitcher pitches for contact you know so like all right he has one bad start i don't want to take too much out of that so it's a it's 162 game season we've played 155 of them we still don't even know which team is better yet uh so I, one game's not going to tell you anything and i don't think that we should just make this baldi start, which was absolutely atrocious. A micro, like it's a microcosm, but it's not necessarily indicative of you know his ability to go out and win that wildcard game if he's asked to. And now I don't know if that'll happen, but I still have a lot of faith in Nate Ball.
1: I mean, you can't say though the one thing because like, Alex Cora kind of he agreed the same philosophy as you. He said the good ones they have bad ones, but you can't say you take nothing from that. You absolutely can't. To Roach's point, I don't think I think he got one swing on a pitch out of the strike zone like that should worry you this is one where like this is and it's not just another game it's not a one o'clock game in the middle of July I know it's still the regular season but this is September like this is there's seven games for your season and the way that it's going all year is like this is a really big start he's known that the pressure is on you have a chance to bury the New York Yankees you really do and it's not that he just didn't have it he had nothing he did not have anything out there at all they're hitting him hard the whole time and so it would concern me and I'm like, I would want Chris sale on the mouth 100%. Um, I, but depending on who you ask, I think Sam Davis, our friend at the station, I was on one-on-one with him giving a little update on that on this Friday game. Um, he's a Red Sox fan as well. I think he wanted native Aldi before this as well. I would kind of want Chris sale out there. I know maybe the one vaccination thing quigs, it's not something I considered. I didn't even know it was a vaccine. That is definitely a big factor. I think we'll see that in October, but also Maybe the Tommy John coming back from there is why they're question marks. But I think like you take something from the start, how well the Yankees saw Nate Aldi? Um, I think maybe it's kind of telling the Red Sox didn't pitch Chris Sale in the series, you know, like with all the off days and everything like that, could they have looked down the line and manipulated their schedule to get Chris Sale in the series? Yes, for sure. Yankees did it with Garrett Cole. Yankees have manipulated like months in advance, giving weird days here and there. I think the Red Sox could have done the same if, Maybe, you know, they weren't trying to hide him, something like that, because Yankees haven't seen him in two years when he was not very good. So maybe that's why um, Crisell didn't go in the series, and maybe they are looking for him in the wild card game. I'm not sure, but I would definitely be at least a little concerned from Native Aldi from this start.
2: We can't forget that Native Aldi was an absolute postseason horse just three years ago. I just want to put that out there. You also, like,
1: you also just said that Crisell won in the World Series. What? You also just said Crisell won in the World Series, though.
2: No, I mean, like, literally won the – like, he was the last he, – he struck out uh, Manny Machado to win the World Series. Is what I'm saying. But Nate Evaldi was just as much of a big factor in that. He, he pitched nine innings in an 18-inning game that they eventually lost. But, that was you know, the only
0: one they lost. By that, way. That,
2: but that was <laughs> probably the, the biggest momentum uh, switch that happened in that World Series is just that he went out and just shrugged for nine innings. So it, it, he's not, like, a guy who's never seen postseason action and is just, like – Finally, like seeing an important game and is completely like losing his wits about him. He's not. It's just a bad start. And yeah, it's it's unsettling because the wild card is just one game, and it very well could just be Red Sox Yankees in that same situation at Fenway, could be in Yankee Stadium, and you know it's a little unnerving. But I'm not going to completely lose faith in the guy.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the one thing with the conversation we're having: if they have more starts like he just had, it won't be a conversation because they won't be in the playoffs. I think that's the big thing where you just need to pitch better to give yourself a chance in that conversation. Uh, we can move along to game two because I think, you know, game one was decided pretty early. I think it's fair to say. Uh, I think labor, there was, wasn't one spot in the game where Bobby Dalback was up, chance to make it like a two-run game. Juan Peralta struck him out. He's been money for the Yankees, but you know, the Yankees took care of business. And game two was another, you know, wild game. I think pretty slow start for the Yankees in this one. It really wasn't, Until the eighth inning, this got underway. Uh, We'll see that, you know, as a theme later on. But the Red Sox had a lead uh, 2-1, I believe. Um, Brett Gardner up two outs, one-two count. You know, he's someone who you didn't expect him to play 140 games. It's an at-bat where DJ LeMay would usually be up, but he was hurt. So, Brett Gardner is your leadoff hitter. He ends up working a walk. And then Aaron Judge works a walk. That knocks out Tanner Houck, who, you know, has really good stuff. He's someone that you never want to see facing – right-handed Chris Sale, everything like that. Great stuff. And this is where I think Alex Corda you point to this series, he really messed up. Uh, bringing in Hernandez, a lefty to get Rizzo out, you know, you're putting all your eggs in that basket. Um, Anthony Rizzo also has reverse splits. He hits lefties at a way higher rate than righties. I think he's like 360, first 240. He hits Anthony Rizzo, and then you have to face Aaron Judge, lefty righty, he works a walk. And then it's Giancarlo Stanton. And this is Giancarlo Stanton is a top 30 player of all time versus lefties. If you look at his career stats, he just – Where are these now. stats
0: coming from, Greg? Where where, where, these, where are these look numbers? Look, it is like
1: OPS versus where? lefties. It's like one He's 1. top 36 of the past 25 years. Come on. Where? He's generational versus lefties, whatever. And there he's generational go. versus yeah. lefties in this game. First pitch he sees, 94 right down the middle. Conservatively speaking, it was 650 feet. Just a moonshot grand slam. I was riled up. My voice, you could tell, maybe right now it's a little off, and John Carlos stand is definitely the reason from these two games. We'll get into the other one later. But this was a huge moment for the Yankees, you know, down to the last four outs. They flip it. They take a 5-2 lead. Aroldis Chapman comes in. Obviously, he was shaky, gives up a home run to Bobby Dalback. Tying run gets up, I believe. He shuts the door. That's when I texted Quiggs right away, dirty water. I had to hold on for that one. Um, but the Yankees took game two, it seemed like. You know, it, it seemed like the Red Sox were going to kind of weather this, and we'd go into Sunday night, 1-1 chance to, for the Yankees to tie it up. But I kind of think that's on Alex Cora to bring in Hernandez there. I'd keep in Hauk. Obviously, it's still on Hernandez. Made an uncompetitive pitch to one of the Yankees' hottest hitters. And so, you know, Red Sox will have to live with that result, and they drop game two, five to three.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's there's two ways to look at this, right? There's one, Stanton, you know, he's earned his pinstripes. He's, he's – arguably the scariest guy in the lineup right now. You know, he, what, three home runs and 10 RBIs throughout the weekend. Um, He was incredible. And from the Red Sox perspective, I'm looking at the bullpen, and I don't really see a guy that I can trust right now. And that's, I mean, I'll allow, you know, Quakes to respond to that, but I just, I don't know. I mean, that's their Achilles heel right now. And that's not to say that the offense was great, during this series because it was not, but you get a great start from Pavetta who's been off and on and you, you lose it down the stretch. So I'm very concerned with the bullpen. Um, obviously that didn't get better uh, the very next day, but we'll get to that when we get to it.
2: No, I agree hundred percent that if you're Alex Cora, like, yeah, you could put, you could definitely blame him for like, maybe the lefty righty matchup. As much as I, I mean, like, obviously, like, you put stock in that because we have numbers to prove that Giancarlo is much better at hitting lefties, but at the same time, you know, it's not guaranteed that you throw a lefty on there, oh, he's going to hit Grant Slam. So, like, I, you know, yeah, that's fair to put stock in. At the same time, the Red Sox bullpen is just not at all consistent in any sense. Um, and even our most consistent uh pitcher the entire year out of the, out of the bullpen, Garrett Whitlock, has even struggled lately, which is devastating news because he was you know he was our rock out there um so yeah i guess i blame core a little bit for that but it's not just that it's like the these pitchers are are mixing up who it's like they're confused on who they're facing you walk brett gardner brett gardner no yankees don't even want him on their team anymore. yankees fans constantly complain that brett gardner is still making millions of dollars even though he's just not at all better than the average major league player. And we're walking him just to throw a 95-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle of Giancarlo Stanton with bases loaded. Hottest hitter on the Yankees right now. I don't know. Yeah, sure, there's a coaching mistake there. But as a pitcher, you should know who you're facing, and you should just maybe try and use that a little bit into a game plan for, you know, a slap hitter that maybe will hit a double down the line and maybe had during that game, but what are the chances he does it again? Or a guy who just hit a bomb last night that took you out of it. He's going to hit one. You don't know that, but he's going to hit it one in the next game. And he's certainly a threat with bases loaded on two outs and you've squandered, you know, a few opportunities to get out of the inning. So I don't know. I think it has to be on, on these, on these Red Sox relievers because, they're just not pitching smart right now, and that's costing them games.
1: And you look at it from the Yankees' perspective, the bullpen is what kept them in this game because the offense was atrocious. It's been the case all year. Michael King, you know, he's been great since he's came back from his injury. Very under-the-radar guy. I don't think many outside of New York really appreciate how good he's been. He is like a 3-2 year away. Right? Then you're Luis Severino, who I think this is the role that he was made for down the stretch here. He's coming back from his Tommy John surgery. He had four setbacks on the way. It's so great to see him back out there. He works two shutout innings, the velo, a tick up from his last time out. So he can be a multi-inning weapon for the Yankees team. And that bridge to get late in the games is so, so important. You know, I think the one thing that's different with the Yankees bullpen in the past is maybe at the back end it's more shaky, right? Aroldis Chapman, he's been rock solid the last few months, but we know he's had his struggles. Chad Green's given up, I think, the second most home runs out of any reliever of baseball but it's the depth in the middle that's able to weather the storm with the Sevies, the Mike Kings, Lucas Lukey, all that kind of stuff. And then all it takes is just a little spark. And Brett Garner, that two out walk, you know, a guy who you talked about it certainly didn't want him on the team. You don't want him playing 140 games. He's been a lot better in the second half. I think now, you know, he's close to his OPS plus is like 94. So he's like close to an average hitter, but it's not what you necessarily want. You don't want him, you know, having your big at bats. He's able to pass the baton. Rizzo is able to do the same, so is Judge, and you get standing up there with a chance to take the lead, and he does just that. Um, you know, you would have taken a single there, but the Grand Slam, amazing. Uh, Rolled this Chapman. You still, though, from the Yankees perspective, you don't, like, you do not think this game is over. You still need another shutout from Luis Severino. He does that. And then you need to roll this Chapman, who, obviously, I just talked about it, it got sweaty. It always does with him. But the bullpen is why I have so much confidence in this Yankees team. And, you know, you flip it to your guys' perspective right now, you can't worry about bullpens in October. That's how you lose games. That's how you lose series. You need guys you can trust. Um, you know, the Red Sox have to go away from Matt Barnes is their closer. I don't think – you guys would know better than me. I don't think they have a set closer right now. They're kind of going by committee. Adam Adivino, I know, was hot. But we know in game three he was, he was not. so great so, last night, right? So I think now that's a bigger question for the Red Sox is, like, who is the number one guy you trust to get these outs late in the game? Ryan Brady. Yeah. Like it might be, at this
2: point, it might be Ryan Brady.
1: Who I mean, just Garrett- came back from the IL. And then
2: Josh
0: Taylor is on the IL. And Garrett Whitlock is on the IL. Like, when Whitlock comes
2: back, it's him. But, you know, right now we just don't have
0: him. But Garrett Whitlock hasn't been in that position all year long. Like, are you really going to put him in that position, not having had that experience, just put him in for the playoffs? Assuming yeah. we even make the playoffs.
2: What, what other option do you have?
0: I think you got to go back to Barnes. I think that Barnes is your all-star closer. You paid him to be an all-star closer, and you got to give him confidence and say, hey, you're our best option here because he is.
2: You can't just give a player like – he's like,
0: oh, here's our confidence start, but also our entire season depends on it. So, like, here you go. Like, I okay. would rather go to him than put Garrett Whitlock, a guy that – was on the Yankees last year, like wasn't even a guarantee to make the roster. And I know he's been great, but I don't trust him coming back from the IL to be put in a high stakes position that he's never been in, in his whole career.
2: Yeah. But at least unlike Barnes, he's proven that he didn't fade off. Like Barnes had best season of his life, it seemed. And then he just completely turned around. Whereas Garrett Whitlock has been consistent throughout the entire year. I mean, there's no reason to just expect him to have a worse you know, appearance just because it's the playoffs and it's a big moment. He's, he's been in big moments throughout the regular season and come out fine, you know, except for that, like, one inning that he pitched at Yankee Stadium in that first game of the doubleheader. That, that went a little awry, but, I mean, he's not, he's not Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes has consistently been choking in very important situations.
0: Greg, I've got a question for you. Who, who do you think is the better pitcher? Chapman or Loizaga?
1: Jonathan Loizaga. But who's the closer? Oh, it's a role Chapman. It's not, it's not going to change, but he hasn't been as porous as Matt Barnes. I mean, he really has been under a two, R- two ERA since like July 4th. But it's a very similar parallel, actually, because Jonathan Loizaga our Garrett Whitlock, came out of nowhere this year. And um, a role Chapman is very proven. But what I like, and this is irrelevant to your argument, is that I don't have to have this conversation right now because my guys are getting outs.
0: But but what I'll say is that there was a serious, you know, there, there was a point in the season where there were doubts if Chapman could – uh, He
1: lost the closer right. role. Yeah. He had to yeah. win it back.
0: Long and I've done that. there's not enough time, right? There's not enough time to – There
2: won't be. And so that's just, you know, we'll try it out next season again, I guess, because we just signed him to a long extension. But, like, you can't just make – you can't just, like, experiment with people's confidence – In the postseason,
0: I just think that Barnes is our best option because he's been our best closer up until recently.
2: Up until recently, I mean, half the season he's
0: he's been terrible. So, so you want you want um, Garrett Whitlock, who's not even on the roster right now because he's hurt, to be the closer if we make it into the one game playoff
2: would he even be back by then like i don't know. i don't know
0: well, that's what i'm trying to say okay i'm just saying if he was healthy yes i would definitely
2: take him over Barnes right now but but he's not okay if he's not healthy then no pitch that that you know <laughs> that trumps everything
0: right <laughs> i just think that our um, mutual frustration is is manifesting right now like there's just not a lot of options
2: No. and i feel i feel bad for Cora. like he's just in a position where he's like all right let's try this guy let's see if this works and, nope See, so, uh,
1: what I love about this is there were so many points in a season where I'd be on nosebleeds with, like, Mike or another Yankees fan, and it would just be us arguing the whole time because our team sucked. And it's literally the same thing right now. It's about, like, who is the less worse option, everything like that.
2: Hey, this you, is assuming that we have a lead late in the game. So, you know, <laughs> who knows if that even happens right now. <laughs> Which,
1: let's get into game three right now because the Red Sox did have a lead late into that game. Wild one. Sunday Night Baseball, Yankee Sox tied in the standings. Seven games left for your season. This is, all, like, this is what baseball is all about before we get into the actual game. It really is. It was a perfect storm for everyone involved. Um, so that was, you know, awesome. But the first kind of six innings in this one, pretty irrelevant stuff. You know, Jordan Montgomery, Eddie Rodriguez, who's sneaky, like very good against the Yankees. You wouldn't think so because he's a lefty. But, um, you know, I, Jordan Montgomery, five innings, one run. Red Sox had they had a few chances in this series to really get a big, big hit, and they never did so at all, even though they've had these leads. Uh, there is one point, I think the last pitch Jordan Montgomery threw, 3-0 pitch to Rafael Devers. I think the bases were loaded. Guys were definitely on base. Flies out to the track. You know, it looked like he just got under it, maybe, probably gone to Yankee Stadium. But it's moments like that where you look back where runs came at the most premium they can come. I mean, they came off – We'll get into it. Some, some big mistakes. That's a chance where you can just blow it open. The Red Sox did not do so. Um, you know, the Yankees, they took a 2-1 lead going into the seventh, I think. They, they had the bases loaded, no outs. So they had, you know, their own chance. Blow it open. Double play by Oshoa, DJ LeMay, you hit a base hit. He made it 2-1. And then this game was like the fastest Yankees-Red Sox game in baseball history. I feel like we always – something then at baseball Yankees-Red Sox, the, the average time has to be four hours. There are always these dragged-out games. Stuff always happens, and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the clock. Two more innings. It's nine fifteen. Like no way, we get out of here early. It just never happens, and it didn't happen. The seventh inning. A large reason why, um, you know, we we'll go to the bottom half of the seventh. Things really get wild. Clay Holmes pitches a one-two-three six inning for the Yankees. Strikes out the side. Eleven pitches. I called him prime right-handed Zach Britton in a chat with some of our other FUV guys, some of the beat reporters. And I think that was I think I was too low on him saying that he's been outstanding on the Yankees. 30 Ks, 24 innings. He had 25 walks in Pittsburgh. Only as one as a Yankee. So he doesn't come out for the seventh, and people love to just blame Aaron Boone like blindly, like it's his fault. He pitched. Like, he almost pitched the day before. You know, you trust Chad Green, and Chad Green he gets Kyle Schwarber runner on second. Um, I believe the Red Sox are already tied it. I, I don't honestly remember how they tied it. Um, they tied it two two. Runner on second. Kyle Schwarber up. DJ LeMayu just drops a foul ball pop-up. You know, nothing, no rhyme or reason. I don't know if there's wind or something. It's something we saw before game one. Something we left out is Bobby Dalback dropped a pop-up in the infield. That was really bad. And this was really bad, too. And you know the second that something like that happens, it's going to come back to bite the Yankees. But you could have never seen the way it did. Uh, kind of similar thing, just a lazy fly ball to left. And Joey Gallo does the same thing. He drops a pop-up. Red Sox take a 3-2 lead and suddenly a series that, you know, for 25 innings, they look terrible and they have a lead, they have a chance to get out of Fenway with a one game lead over the Yankees. And that's really, you know, if you could have just asked for to be leading the Yankees after the series, I know you guys, I'm sure, wouldn't have been happy with winning two, losing two of three, but you would have taken that and up three, two with six outs to go. You typically assume that maybe this would be the time they can shut the door, right, Jack?
0: Yeah. I mean, that was probably the best moment of my entire weekends. And the second it happens, I called up Tom and I was like, you won't believe, which is good. I knew he wasn't, uh, he didn't have the game right in front of him. But I mean, that's really the only bright spot from the whole weekend. You know? <laughs> and I mean, we're, we're going to have to talk about, you know, what what happened after that. And I don't want to like foreshadow too much, but that just crushed my heart. And you know, we'll get into it.
2: Well, I'll foreshadow by, by explaining this game in the, in the simplest terms I have. Um, so the first six innings, uh, no one really seemed like they wanted to win the game. Um, in the seventh and eighth inning, they made it clear uh, each team that they wanted the other team to win the game. And then at one point, the home plate umpire, Joe West, said, hey, Yankees, why don't you win this game? And they said, OK. Uh, and they won the game.
1: All right, so, so Quiggs wants to play the ump card, so let's get into what no, happened. No, no, no.
2: But at the same time, I will say, they, I mean, well, no, I, I'd like to play the ump card, but it's obviously not the only reason the Red Sox lost that game. So, yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah, obviously not the only reason. All right, well, a reason. Okay, yeah, okay, You're crazy to think that it wasn't a
0: reason why. Um,
1: yeah. Everything's a reason why the Yankees won that game. So let's oh. get into that eighth. Why, is it like
0: some butterfly effect? Get into it, huh? Get into
1: it. Huh? Get yeah. into it. <laughs> So, Yankees um, go into this eighth inning down one. Gio Urshela walks. You pinch run Tyler Wade. You know, Tyler Wade, money on the base pass. I think uh, set out of, you know, or whoever was pitching it. Garrett Richards was still pitching at this point. Who's sneaky. I didn't even realize how nasty he's been in the pen. He's a, got good stuff. He's, never- he's always had the stuff. It's just the command and whatever. But he's been really good in the pen for the Sox. Did not really realize that. I think seven of eight runners had stolen on him this year. Tyler Wade is great on the bases. He gets gunned out at second. It's really weird. He stops running halfway through. He doesn't slide. He had the base stolen if he didn't do so. Um, so that was weird. I don't know, you know, like what he was looking at. Some think that he thought it was ball four. Maybe it was a full count to TJ LeMahieu. Maybe the second baseman or someone yelled something. I saw a really good take by Dallas Braden on Twitter. Bogarts went down, and that made it look like to Wade that the ball went to center. So he was trying to get to third and, like, not slide. I don't know really what happened there, but maybe just a mental error. He gets gunned out at second, and suddenly the Red Sox now five outs away, no one on the bases. It looks better. Um, and then TJ Mayhew walks, and then Anthony Rizzo doubles. And so this is where things get really crazy. Second and third for the Yankees, one out. That knocks Garrett Richards out of this one. Former Yankee Adam Adovino comes in to face Aaron Judge, who had been the clutchest player for the Yankees all year. It's exactly who you wanted in this spot. Um, he then struck a, out. He hits a pop up, oh not before that actually. He hits a pop up that Bobby Dalback can't catch in foul territory by far. The most difficult of the four drop pop ups this series I'm not like it was, but it's one that a good first baseman like needs to catch. You simply have to catch that foul ball. It gives Aaron Judge a second chance and you think, you know, you give Aaron Judge a second chance, he's going to bite you. He doesn't. He strikes out. He does strike out. But wait, Joe West says it was on the transfer, a little foul tip. Into the catcher's glove, Joe West calls it on the transfer – or it doesn't call it on the transfer when it clearly was on the transfer. You know, like I'm not going to sit here and say it was a good call. Terrible call by Joe West. Inexcusable call. Um, So you give Aaron Judge a third shot, still one to the count, still have a chance to strike him out here. Second and third for the Yankees still. You know, that doesn't just go away. It's not like after this non-strikeout, the Yankees just magically took the lead. Um, Aaron Judge, I think two pitches later, hits a double into the gap gives the Yankees, it's his 21st go-ahead hit of the season for the Yankees. I think that's more than double than whoever's second most. And it gives the Yankees a 4-3 lead and all the momentum in this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I was still reacting or processing what had happened on that strikeout. I'm not going to call it anything other than that. It was a strikeout. Um, and then Judge gets the hit. Then Stanton comes out, and I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. And then he hits a home run. So – by then, I was just so defeated. That that was the low point of the weekend. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't really know how, how else to kind of elaborate on it. That that just was um, – and I'm not going to try and say that that's, you know, the, the reason – the only reason why they lost that game. But it just doesn't make any sense to me how that play can't be reviewed or, you know, that can't be – you know, get the – umpires together talk it over i just don't understand why we have a replay system if you get a call wrong and it can't be replayed
2: i gotta say i was super surprised by just how okay with it that cora and baskets were it's like if that happens like if you're baskets you know for a fact that you caught the ball and you're just trying to move it to your hand i don't know really why he was rushing that but he knows in his mind that he caught the ball I'm sure Cora was didn't think, oh, well, okay, let's, you know, like this is fine. Like, but he acted that way. And neither of them asked, like, Joe West to say, hey, maybe you all umps get together and discuss this just a little bit um, without just going with what this one guy who's notorious for making terrible calls um, just says, you know, because he's behind the plate and he saw the ball come out. Uh, so that was weird. And I don't wanna say that it, yeah. Obviously it's not the it's not the reason why they lost the game because you know if the Yankees hadn't handed the game to them the inning before you know they're still down a run. So it was they were gifted that opportunity that they were up 2-1 at the or 3-2 at the time. Um but that changes everything. And to say that Giancarlo Stanton would still have a home run um if Aaron Judge had struck out which he did. Uh is like okay, he might have, but it doesn't just happen, you know, regardless of what happened before it you know it's, there's a certain butterfly effect that you have to apply to this game because if aaron joe strikes out right there all right now you got two outs, man on second and third there's no momentum in the yankees dugout other than the fact that you got two men on base but then you know one of your best hitters failed to get the runs in and all right you got Stanton up and he's been hot he's had the you know two big homers in the last two games there's no saying he'll do that again there's just another level of you know confidence that you have in your team when you're up a run than when you're down a run you might not be you know swing out of your like head as much as you would be if you were down you know you're not chasing so you can be a little more relaxed at the plate and i don't know i think that, that there are a few factors to suggest that this wouldn't necessarily have been an you know an unpreventable future um if he had actually struck out if he had actually been called out at the plate um I don't know if I've lost you on this yet, but what I'm trying to say is there's no telling that Stanton still hits that home run. So, yes, that play really does change the game entirely. And while it's not the sole reason that the Red Sox lost, it is probably the most glaring reason.
1: It's funny how just neither of you – like, you didn't bring up Bobby Dabba dropping the pop-up. Okay.
2: And, wait, no, no, I'll, I'll bring that up too because I don't really trust him defensively anymore because he has to catch that ball. You said every good first baseman should catch that ball. Every first baseman that's starting in the MLB should be able to catch that ball. You can't be like afraid of where you are in space and time. If you're a first baseman in any, at any field, obviously you have, you know, smaller foul territory at Fenway cause it's an older park, but at the same time you play there 80 games a year. You should know the general ge- like geometry of the field and you should be able to make that play. And he didn't. And that's, a huge worry for me, honestly, you know, having him at first base in the playoffs at home because you know you have to be able to navigate out there, and if you don't, things like that happen, and a game spiral out of control, and Joe West makes a bad call, and you lose game. So, but, yes, definitely
0: some blame to Dahlbeck on that. I'm upset about that independently from this play because, I mean, yeah, that's fair too because he struck out like it's the third, it's that's the out. It's, I mean. That is such BS. I, I don't know. What, what are we allowed to say here, Gregorio? Can I say BS? You
1: could say whatever you want.
0: That's BS, man. That is such BS. I can't stand that. And you know what? You know what? That very well could have been Joe West's last appearance at Fenway Park because he's retiring at the end of the season. And great. that would be the perfect sendoff for Joe West by just absolutely botching that call. And you know what? The Sox were terrible in this series. And – Last night we were, you know, the three of us were texting about it, and I was still, you know, riding a hot wave. I still thought that, you know, I was trashing the Yankees. I, I was talking about how they're good sometimes, bad sometimes, and they're, you know, about to ride a, a cold streak. But, man, I'm just really frustrated with this Red Sox team. I'm frustrated with the weekend. And you know what? I still think that – and, you know, we can we can look ahead for the rest of the season right now because there's six games left for both these teams – Um, and the Red Sox have a really easy schedule. They're playing the bottom feeders in the AL and NL East, which is great because they're probably going to make the playoffs, but they're just not a world series team. They, they haven't come up in any of these three games, which is, you know, arguably the three biggest games of the the year.
1: I mean, if these weren't the three biggest games of the year, when were they? I don't
0: don't know. And they're, they're going to make. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think ESPN's got them at like 87% chance making the playoffs. I think they've got the Yankees at 80%. Um, but I just don't think that they're a World Series caliber team. And I'll also say I don't think the Yankees are a World Series caliber team, but we can get into that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I still have to – first off, I think it was 97% even before this series. So it's sure – screw, screw, screw the percentages. Throw those out the window. He's got like a 20% chance – in July, Red Sox are like a 70% chance of winning the division. Yeah, but come on. That's disingenuous.
0: That's disingenuous because there's so much season left in July. We've got six games left. Like you can look at every single one of these games. These are the percentages <laughs> that I
1: care about. You win the games, you're in the playoffs. Oh my god. Don't throw me if the Yankees just win the games, they're in the playoffs. There's no like what 80% chance they win their games. Just win your games. I don't I I literally never understand how before the season in every sport, it's always like, oh, my God, the Knicks made the playoffs. They only had an 8% chance. Like, no, this, they were 0-0 zero zero to start the year. Whatever. Um, you know, to go off the Joe West thing, yeah, it's terrible call. It's funny. I was with the kids that I were watching with. We, we looked on Friday night, and we did the math in our heads. We're like, Joe West is going to be behind the plate on Sunday night baseball. Having no clue the impact it would actually have. That being said, you know, you guys brought it up. Giancarlo Stanton still gets an at-bat that inning, even if he strikes that inner judge. I saw zero from that series that indicated Giancarlo Sand would not hit a 700 foot homer in that spot, which he did. Oh and again, there's no, like, there's no, you know, there's no guarantee. And we're dealing with a ton of hypotheticals down the future here, but that's reality of the sport Yankees. Um, I think it was like middle of July. They got swept at home by the Red Sox through that had an at-bat. It was a full count inning ended with guys on base, uh, just like the worst strike three call ever on a ball outside the plate. Like things just happen in baseball. You have chances to bounce back. You could hold them to four three and try to have your offense finally wake up this series, which it didn't. Giancarlo Stan out, like he had 10 RBIs this series. The Red Sox scored nine runs. So you could have just had that maybe flip and have one player not completely beat you, which he did. Um, so that's regardless there, you know, obviously bad call by Joe West, but Yankees up six, three Jag green money. The as Chapman shockingly. Not the craziest, the high level like not the craziest worry. Heart rate still obviously through the roof. But, you know, and it ends 6-3. Yankees win. And I think, Jack, you were just talking about, you know, after this. And let's preview this to end the show here. So the Yankees now have that first wild card. And if we look at it, uh, Yankees are up one. And then the Blue Jays are back one game of the Red Sox for that second wild card. The Mariners came out of nowhere. They're two back. No offense to them. I just don't see a way they can get in, especially because they don't play any of these teams. So they They're have playing Oakland, no right? What? They're playing Oakland, right? Yeah, and Oakland, too, is three back. But I'm talking about the teams ahead of them. Okay. you're going to need two of them to drop, and you're not going to control any of that. So six games left, and this is everything. This is your season. This is why baseball is the best, because we've been here since April. I was a different guy in April. The Yankees is a different team than they were in April. But it all comes down to this. The whole season, it just you throw it out the window if you play bad in these six games. So the Yankees, they will end it three in Toronto and then three at home versus the Rays. We've known this forever. You always thought that that Rays series would be the one at the end of the year where it was back and forth and ended up being the one we just had. Um, and so the Red Sox, obviously, you talked about the Orioles and the Nationals. That's huge. Blue Jays, that Yankees won, and then they have the Orioles, that's huge. Um, so, you know, we can play the schedule game here. Obviously, it looks like the Red Sox by far have the easiest one. The reason I, as a Yankee fan, i am not too, you know, crazy concerned about the schedule is like Yankee season's been so inconsistent where I kind of prefer that they had the Red Sox with the chance to jump them versus having to play the, the Orioles who they – we're not very good against this year you know you have to kill them they didn't do that and they ended up taking care of us the Red Sox they didn't have to let anyone else control their own destiny they can do the same with the Blue Jays here so you look at these final you know we'll focus on the three AOE teams right now I know you know we're all fans of these teams are we all expecting to be Yankees Red Sox in what order do we think and how much do you think the schedule actually plays a role because I think these teams are going to play up no matter what um, but how much do we think the schedule plays a factor here Quiggs I'll start with you.
2: I definitely see Red Sox, Yankees in the wild card. And that's just because the Yankees, I mean, after this series, you got to have the most, you got to be high on momentum right now, you know, um, going into the Blue Jays, that's going to be tough because obviously they're still in it and they're still, you know, just a game back of the Red Sox. Um, and they're at home, right? They're in Toronto. Yes. So, you know, that's going to be a, a momentous challenge for the Yankees, but with the way that they're trending right now, Blue Jays have kind of lost a little bit of steam. I would much rather be in the Yankees' seat than the, than the Blue Jays. You also got a two-game lead on them. Um, I would much rather be the Red Sox, though. Okay, I don't know much rather, but I would definitely, I like my position better than the Yankees right now because we get to play two last-place teams that have absolutely nothing to play for. Um, meanwhile, the Reds, the Yankees have to go to Toronto and play a team that they could also end up seeing in the wild card. We could end up seeing in the wild card. Who knows? And they're a very hot team, very potent offense. Everybody's been talking about it since the beginning of last year because they have a bunch of you know, sons of major leaguers that can hit the ball 500 feet on command. So um they have you know the the projected MVP runner-up uh in Vali Jr. and you know, projected Cy Young winner potentially in a, in Robbie Ray. They're a scary team. Uh, I don't know if they'll see Ray in this upcoming season or in this upcoming series, but that's going to be a tough one. The Rays against the Yankees, I kind of like the Yankees in that series because the Rays have already secured the division. Um, they might be trying to vie for the top seed, but if you're the Rays, do you really want to play uh, an AL wildcard team? I know that they're, you know, we're complaining about them because we're fans of the teams and we think they're wildly inconsistent. But at the same time, of any wild card team, you probably wouldn't want to play either of these teams because they are, you know, they can win in any game. Um, and in, a, in, a, uh, in an ALDS, you know, that's a short series, you, you, you get one of these teams while they're hot. That's, that's bad news for the race. So maybe they want, would rather play the White Sox. I don't know if they would actively tank in order to do that. Um, but what I'm saying is they have a lot less on the line. So they probably won't try to win those games as hard as, you know, the Yankees will. Um, Red Sox have such an easy schedule. Orioles, we actually know how to beat them. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, Nationals, so a little scared of Juan Soto. But, you know, pretty much everyone else on that team that, you know, is of note, and we have one of them now. We got Kyle Schwarber, and, you know, hopefully he shows up in his, uh, his return to his, you know, very short stay uh, in D.C., But I would rather be the Red Sox right now than the Yankees. And I would definitely not want to be the Blue Jays right now because you have to go up against a hot Yankees team. And you get the Orioles, so that's kind of nice. But you're still two games back, or the Yankees game back with the Red Sox. And it's a scary time to be a Blue Jays fan.
0: Yeah, I hadn't even considered the fact that Juan Soto is smack dab in the middle of an MVP race right now. Like, I I think if the season ended, I don't think it would be crazy to say that he's the MVP.
1: He's a finalist. He's a finalist. I don't know if he – sorry to cut you off because I was going to bring it up. Like, he's going to be in the top three. He's going to be on that MLB Network graphic. And that would just make me scared if I was a Red Sox fan. And I think if the season, honestly, was like two more weeks, he would win it. He's just had an absurd second half. And so that's like – like, obviously, it's the Nationals. But, yeah, a guy like Juan Soto, Jack, he's going to be in the MVP conversation at the worst.
2: Yeah, one player could change that game – or could change any game or series. We saw that with Giancarlo Stanton.
0: Yeah. By the way – at the all star break, he was my pick to win MVP. Just saying, just saying. We can go, we can go back to one on one. I, I, I need to see
1: that archive. I do,
0: I'll find it. I'll find it. Um, but even with that said, I think that that's a much better matchup, even to a you know, raised team that's already you know locked up their um, their playoff berth. You know, they're even them resting is one of the best teams in the league. Um, Red Sox have the tiebreaker on the Yankees, and i I mean I know the Yankees are hot, but I don't see them sweeping the Rays and you know what I said I don't see them sweeping the Red Sox and then they did um, but even if they did, then that just means that Boston's going to play the wild card game in New York um, so regardless of where it is, I do see um, my Red Sox playing your Yankees, and you know if. If you're still coughing, your team, I'd like to make a little wager. Um, if they end up do playing in the wild card game, the day after, you know, Red Sox or Yankees, whichever one wins, I either wear a Yankees hat for a day, if the Yankees win, or you have to wear a Red Sox hat for a day if they win. We
2: could we could also get Wolves in on this and just say, hey, put us together again for nosebleeds right after wild card. That would be. But where am that, I?
0: In? That would be insane. All right, that's that's money too.
1: Yeah. um i'm i'm all in on that bet you <laughs> know you were gracious enough if you're watching on youtube whatever this hat i'm wearing is because of my good friend jack roach he was covering the yankees game and he was very nice it was a promotional giveaway yankees hat. he texted me he's like do you have a yankees camo i was like i've always wanted one i haven't and he says now you have one so i was very grateful for my friend jack for getting me this hat and i'd want nothing more than for you to wear it for a day I would want that. nothing more <laughs> than for you to wear this for a day. So I'll take that um, 100%. I do think it'll be Yankees, Sox. I think the stars just align too much. The Blue Jays, you talked about it, Quiggs. They just split four against the Twins. You needed to win all four of those because you're playing the Yankees next. And the Yankees just took care of business in Fenway against the Red Sox, which is ultra more impressive than what Blue Jays. The Blue Jays just seem like they're a year too early. They just don't have that experience. You do look at this – Upcoming series, just to preview it quickly, they, they did stack the rotation kind of a bit. Injun Ryu in game one, who the Yankees have hit in the past, and then it's Jose Barrios, and then it's Robbie Ray. So they really they went for it there. Um, They're going to win at least one of those games. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think the Yankees would sweep the Red Sox, and they did just that. So, like, I'm not going to count anything out on the Yankees. They've been too weird, too hard to figure out this year to really get a grasp. So I, I'll take the bet. I do think that will happen, Yankees, Red Sox. And I'm just curious from your guys' perspective, and it's, it's interesting just being one game back it can change so quickly, but you, you obviously, you know, you expect to take care of things versus the Orioles. Is there any scenario where you could see yourself moving for the Yankees in any of these games to try to lock up a playoff spot? So, I mean, it's going to be – and I know you put your pride, your Boston pride, everything over a lot, but if it can get your team into the playoffs, say you split the first two versus the Orioles – Do you root for the Yankees to take care of business, you know, that third game versus the Blue Jays because you'd be tied with them? Like, it's an interesting conversation, I think, and one that I know you're shaking your head, Quigs, but I think it's something you have to at least 1% consider in the back of your mind.
2: Yeah. You're going to have to face one of these teams. I mean, I don't know. I'm not necessarily more scared of the Yankees and the Blue Jays or or vice versa.
0: So I'm going to root against the Yankees. What I'll say is, you got to make the playoffs. You know, you got to make the playoffs.
1: I agree. I, I would, if it was flipped, I would root for the Red Sox. I'm also, I am more concerned about the Blue Jays. And the this question,
0: you're
2: saying Yankees are up two games in the Red Sox with just the last game of, the, of this first upcoming series left.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they'd be We're two. two games yes.
2: Out. And I would root for the Yankees. You're
1: tied with the Blue Jays in the standings for the second wild card.
2: I mean. Yeah, I. That's tough.
0: That's I, don't tough to do I don't want to do the math. I do the math here. I mean, math, if, if
2: the Red Sox lose the series to the Orioles, I don't even know if I want to play in the wildcard game. Like at that point, it's just like, uh they're gonna, they're just. Next question. I, I, don't, I don't even want to. I don't hear. want to be here. I mean, they- <laughs> <laughs> the roof for the Yankees. In, in any fashion. At that point, I would just wave the white flag. And then if we somehow ended up in the playoffs, so be it. Let's, screw the Yankees. <laughs>
1: um, I just, just I am more concerned about the Blue Jays than the Red Sox from the Yankees' perspective. The Yankees, the last time they saw, and this isn't even like a complete knock on the Sox, the Blue Jays just swept the Yankees at home like two weeks ago. Uh, the Yankees have won six straight versus the Red Sox and just did so in Fenway. So I feel a lot better about, you know, facing that team that I just saw the pitching handle and that I saw Giancarlo stand out hit. Then I do the blue Jays who are just a machine. And there all these teams though. I think they Jack made this point. Like you don't feel great about, you know, their long-term expectations, their postseason outlook, but they are so inconsistent. They could be so scary, so red hot and then just falter like that. It's really hard to get a read. But the beauty of this sport is just that we have six games and that's going to really decide everything. And, you know, you can play the schedule game, but I just think when you look at these teams, they've, they've done too much this year to just be able to look at the schedule and say, that's why I'm picking this team. And that's, that's really where I stand on this at the end of the day.
0: I thought it was funny because for a minute, I couldn't tell what team you were talking about, how like inconsistent they were and <laughs> you know, how scary they can be in one game because you can really say that about the Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays. So, ultimately, it's going to be really exciting to see what happens. I know that some outcomes will make me happier. Um, But, right, all three of these teams are really exciting and can do a lot in one game. But I just don't think any of the three teams are good enough to make a serious deep run um, to the World Series this year. And what I'll say, Greg Ware, is that that was the expectation – the Yankees this year that was not the expectation for the Blue Jays and it certainly was not the expectation for the Red Sox so you know at the end of the day you you can be upset with this three game sweep but I'm really happy with this Red Sox season you know you made serious strides in the farm system you're probably going to be a playoff team I mean you're moving in the right direction so I'm happy yeah, I get where you're coming from there, and I and I
2: agree. When you take, like, a step back and you look at the season, there's no way that you could ever predict it. I mean, we were the one of the worst teams in the league last year, even though it was, like, a fake season kind of. Um, but just to take, be where we were at the All-Star break, just in sole possession of first place, with the best closer in the game and the most All-Stars of any team, and to have a losing record in the second half of the season is just not, you know – It's not a good season. In my my opinion, obviously, it's a better season. But it's not a season that I'll remember unless they do something big in the postseason. I I also think that maybe we should mention these (laughs) guys.
1: Yeah? Mets hat for those who are just listening for Quiggs. I completely agree with you. I think, like, you throw out the – like, Yankees obviously underperformed. You've never, you know, before this year would want to be in the spot. But they were also 41-41 and halfway through the year. And they've bounced back. Red Sox, too, were, like, looking like the best team in the American League. You mentioned everything you just did. So, I don't think you can just, you know, if they missed the playoffs here, I, I would not be even 1% happy if I was a Red Sox fan. You're also, like, you're a premier franchise. Like, you're a winning franchise. You shouldn't really be happy with the late-season collapse that would be – you know, it would almost rival 2011 in a sense where, like, they looked so good. And I know you, you will say no just because of, like, if you look at the volume of how many games they were up with how many – were left it's worse in that sense but if you look at it from july how good this team was they what they win the first like 10 games versus the yankees like that they just dominated it. this team and it completely flipped 180 and so they'll have six games left and we're gonna see what happens and that's the beauty of this sport
0: let's not forget that early in the season everyone was saying fire boon fire Boone." all right and i didn't i don't know i don't want to launch into anything right now but if they miss the playoffs those those uh that chatter's not uh, gonna.
2: No, you won't hear that. You probably won't hear that. Even though uh, there are definitely some people out there that were, that were.
1: I, I, I you know, like I'll, I'll. Say if they miss the playoffs, do not, don't fight. He's not going to be the reason why. It'll be because the offense performed all year. Um, so that's exactly where I stand on that. And I think, guys, I think we're just about done here. So next week, who knows what we are looking at? We're going to be previewing. All the playoffs, I know we just actually, maybe we should touch on this, touch up on the Mets, because this is WFV podcast, but they're just irrelevant right now. Officially eliminated from the playoffs, contention this week, um, 90 days in first place, and they're not even playing for something with a week and a half. Left of the season, you know, they're more bigger, bigger picture, and bigger outlook and questions in the offseason, but we are, our team's in the middle of a pennant race, and so that's exactly what we're going to be kind of focusing and covering, so a week from now, this show, this you know, atmosphere could be so different. It could be you guys leading the show with the good energy, and me with my head down, depressed because wearing
0: this hat on the pod. How about that? Wearing the hat on the podcast. That 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 would really up the stakes. Right. So,
2: there's so many stakes for you guys, and just none for me. So I'm like It's like a win-win because I mean,
1: can we throw? Can we throw? You want to get in here? No, yeah. I don't.
2: no. I want to be. I want to be objective because. I, I won't really care if Rochester has to wear a Yankees hat. I'll be really happy if you have to wear a Red Sox hat. That'll, be, <laughs> that'll make my week, maybe my semester. So I'm very excited for that to happen because it will. I
1: mean, we're going to find out. And in six days, we'll have a wild card game to preview. Maybe it's between these two teams. I kind of hope it is now. But that's going to do it for Nosebleeds, a production of WFEB Sports. <laughs>